Hey there, I'm Melanie Reed, and this is the HR Mentor. Today, I am so excited to bring you a conversation with a very special person. Ivana Borievich is an inspiring emerging HR practitioner who I recently met. We've developed a relationship through networking, and I invited her to come on the show and talk about her experience with finding an HR job and developing her HR career. Ivana earned her bachelor's degree in social work from the University of Belgrade in December 2013. Ivana then made a life-changing decision to leave her country in search of a better life. Three long flights and one lost suitcase later, she arrived in Canada ready to embrace the challenges and begin a new journey. While studying HR management at McEwen University in Edmonton, which she now calls home, she worked part-time in retail and sales. She says it was not easy finding a job without any HR experience, but Ivana persisted. And in March 2019, she landed an HR role with an IT company called PCM Canada. Since she started, Ivana has had the chance to take part in a year-long acquisition of PCM by Insight, which proved to be very interesting, but was also accompanied by a lot of relearning and adapting. As an HR specialist, Ivana gets to work with so many great professionals in the technology field, and she provides HR support to over 900 employees across five provinces in Canada. Such an amazing job. Her dream is to grow into a trusted advisor and business partner to build and nurture a culture of high performance, inclusivity, and engagement. To further pursue her passion for helping others grow, she co-started a nonprofit group called MentorWit, whose mission is to provide community support, a safe space to build relationships, and the opportunity to explore mentorship through connection events. MentorWit is an inclusive organization and welcomes all those who share the passion for empowering and elevating women in technology. And I can tell you that she is an incredibly generous and lovely person to spend time with. In this episode, Ivana and I talk about her job search, the HR profession, and her latest passion, MentorWit. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Ivana Borievich. Welcome to the HR Mentor Podcast, the podcast for emerging HR practitioners to get practical advice, tools, and strategies to build credibility, confidence, and ultimately a fulfilling HR career. Welcome, Ivana. Thank you so much for joining me today on the HR Mentor Podcast. I'm I'm so excited to talk to you today about your career and some of your experiences. Thank you, Melanie, for having me. It is uh, my greatest pleasure to be here and chat with you today. Awesome. Thank you. I guess I should start off by telling the listeners how you and I met, because I think it's a pretty cool story. Ivana and I met actually through LinkedIn, right? That's right. Ivana started, well, maybe I should let you tell the story, because I think it was you that reached out to me first. (laughs) Yes, uh, it's an interesting story, actually. I was listening to your podcast. I just really admired both 
your content and your delivery. I wanted to share my feedback to support your work. That's how we actually started talking. I couldn't figure out a way to leave a review on Apple Podcast or Podbean. So I messaged you. We were going back and forth until we found out that it's best if I leave my review on your LinkedIn profile. It worked out perfectly in the end. <laughs> and, you know, I, I think it's such a good reminder for, you know, students and emerging practitioners to engage with people that they follow or meet online to create more connections that can help them with their career or even just be supportive mentors and friends over time, right? Absolutely. It's uh, it's a great way to meet people and it's a great way to support someone who's creating a content that you find valuable and that's actually something that I feel like our conversation is going to develop into. Yeah, awesome. And thank you so much for reaching out when you did and and for being, you know, such a loyal listener because you know your feedback has been really incredibly helpful. And also being a newsletter subscriber, I remember one time where I sent out a newsletter and the name function wasn't working and you were the one person that sent me a mm-hmm. message and said, hey, I think this was a mistake. And I was so grateful for that because, yeah, I don't get it perfect every time. And it's nice to know that number one, people are reading and mm-hmm. number too, you know, that people aren't afraid to give you feedback that helps you out. So I, I'm really grateful for you and, and for all the engagement uh, that you've had on LinkedIn. And, and you're doing some amazing stuff that we're going to talk about here today. Mm-hmm. Well, why don't we get started? You know, I've, I've already done the introduction of you, but maybe you could share with our listeners a little bit about your background and the role that you're in right now. Of course. I am originally from Serbia, a small European country. I moved to Canada in 2014 after completing my bachelor's degree in social work. I decided that that was not really a career that I'd like to pursue. Instead, I made a choice to go into human resources, so I got my HR diploma with distinction in 2018. Uh, Today, I'm an HR specialist for Insight, a global Fortune 500 company that offers technology solutions to other businesses. Some of our core solution areas are uh, digital innovation, cloud and data center transformation, connected workforce supply chain optimization. In my role, I get to collaborate with other HR professionals on a variety of HR projects. I manage our HR ticketing tool. I manage onboarding, offboarding, new hire orientations, and so much more. That's amazing. And you graduated in 2018. So that was two years ago, three years ago. Yes, almost three years ago. Wow. Congratulations. That's just incredible that you've come so far in a short period of time and you've landed this amazing career opportunity. That's awesome. Thank you. Why did you choose HR as a career path? Because when you and I spoke on the phone before Christmas, we talked a little bit about 
social work. And, um, you know, you indicated that that was the first degree that you completed. And I know other people that pursued education and social work and then made the transition into HR. And, and there are other professions where I see, I see that transition happening. But I, I'm curious to hear from you as to why you chose HR as a career path and not social work. Mm-hmm. I wanted to have a career that would be a long-term enterprise, if we can call it that. Something mm-hmm. that I see myself doing for many years to come, something that will make me happy, a career that, due to its changing nature, will push me to grow and learn at the same time, enable me to help others grow and develop. So through that thought process, HR was a natural choice. I really enjoy anything that has to do with diversity and inclusion, employee engagement, experience and well-being, building high-performance teams. So my dream is to be a highly trusted, well-respected advisor and business partner in order to make a positive impact for the people and the business. I feel like HR was the right place to accomplish that. Yeah, absolutely. And if there's anything we need right now, it's more of a focus on not only the diversity and inclusion piece, but also that whole employee wellness, employee experience side, right? Yes, yes. We do need it more than ever. There's more and more pressure for HR departments to find ways to engage their employees and provide a satisfactory experience, especially with COVID where everything is virtual, I feel like that is even more important than before. Yeah. And would you say that it's even more challenging than it's ever been to create that experience or to ensure wellness in employees? I would say it is more challenging. There's more questions that are being raised and we just have to become more and more creative in finding our solutions and sometimes those solutions have tight budgets so we also have to think uh, about how to create that experience and provide a fair experience for everyone yeah with the pandemic still you know wreaking havoc globally I would think that even businesses that are doing well are being cautious at this point with their spending, right? So employees are working from home. We're not seeing their faces. We don't, you know, you get that face recognition of people being well or tired or or their body language or that sort of thing. And, and you lose some of that in, in this environment of, of working remotely. And I certainly know working with my students, not seeing them is, is really hard because there isn't this natural kind of check-in on, on how are you doing kind of things. So, but as you said... I would imagine so many organizations and businesses are being very cautious right now with how they're spending. Mm -hmm. Yes, you have to pick and choose. What what can you do? You have to do the best with what you have because you also have to think you don't want to go down the path of letting people go. You have to keep the business running because that 
will keep your employees employed. But I'm seeing that there's a, there, there's a lot of great ideas out there. People are sharing. People are asking other HR professionals, what are they doing to keep their employees engaged, even if it's virtually? So I feel like there is a lot of conversation out there. And I'm glad to see that because I feel like HR has shown great effort. You know, we're, we're all working on it. So I'm really glad to see that. Yeah, that's awesome. And you know, that, that also raises another great point about the importance of networking and having a network. You know, Mm -hmm. we talk about it a lot when it comes to job search and starting your career, but you know, that network that you start to build when you're going to university and when you first graduate, well, that network doesn't go away as your career advances. And those people move on to other roles and types of organizations, and they can be incredible resources when you're having organizational challenges, or as you said, you need access to information Mm -hmm. or things to share, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. You know, it's interesting because I... I mean, I did my undergrad in the 90s, so quite a while ago, <laughs> but but I'm still connected to people that I that I completed my undergrad with. Um, I happened to do it at the, you know, like complete my undergrad at the university I'm working at and in Kamloops where I'm located now, but, but those people are still working in HR and we still connect and share things. So it... it it doesn't go away. It doesn't, you don't stop developing that network. Once you start working, it can become even more valuable. Yes, absolutely. I agree. And that's how you get ideas. At least that's how I get them by talking to people. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's fantastic. Okay. So why don't you, let's go back to your job search a little bit, because I'm super curious about that. You, you made a pretty incredible move moving from Serbia to Canada as you know, a, a young person and starting this new life in a new country. Tell us about your kind of biggest obstacle that you faced with moving to a new country and starting your job search after you graduated from McEwen. My biggest challenge was that I graduated, I had all this theory knowledge, but no HR experience, I would often feel bit, a bit discouraged when seeing all these job postings that were looking for minimum of two to three years of HR experience for an entry-level right. job. I felt like I was in this paradox situation where I needed experience to get the job, but I needed a job to get the experience. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I I would apply, not hear back at all. It happened so many times. I feel like it was easy to to become very self-critical and lose the confidence. I mean, I never thought of giving up, but there were definitely some moments when I just felt tired and unmotivated. And, you know, that is... That was my experience as well, Ivana. When I graduated from university, I, again, had theory. I had a little bit of sort of related work experience, but I I didn't have the type of experience that employers were looking for from 
an HR perspective. Mm -hmm. So what do you think made you successful in your job search? Can you talk a little bit about some of the things that you did leading up to getting that first HR job? I'd say number one, not giving up. I encountered a lot of silence and that definitely did not help with my confidence level, but I kept my goal in mind. I kept saying to myself, you just can't give up. I was also continually updating my resume, adding different improvements here and there. It helped uh, that I had some admin experience that I thought was transferable for an entry-level HR job. So kind of similar like you did. I would put that front and center on my resume, hoping it would count for something. Right. Um, It also helped that I had a really good relationship with my manager at the time. Uh, There was a lot of trust between us. So he knew that I was looking for an HR job. He was really supportive of me. That's Uh, great. Yes. Uh, When I got a chance to have an interview for my current job, I spent hours and hours preparing I mean, that was my first proper interview for an HR job in a long time. I didn't want to get my hopes too high, but I decided to go above and beyond in my preparation as to make sure that I did everything in my power and what's within my control to get the job. After two weeks and two interviews, I did get the job offer. Fantastic. Fantastic. Good for you. And, you know, I think that is such an important message to graduating students that the piece about never giving up, you know, I I think maybe it's maybe it's that we live in a society right now and with technology that things are so accessible to us. You know, we we want to order something at least before COVID anyway, you order something and it's on your doorstep in 24 hours, depending on who you order Mm -hmm. from. We've gotten so impatient in terms of expecting things to happen for us. And I know I have to coach a lot of new graduates to just be consistent and be persistent yeah. Right. And and I often remind them of the the story I learned from Jack Canfield that when he was going to publish Chicken Soup for the Soul for the first time, they took it to, I want to say it was close to a hundred and a hundred and fifty publishers before someone finally said yes. <laughs> That's a great story. And that, well, and it changed his whole life and his whole body of work shifted because of that. But imagine giving up on the 75th no, knowing that there were, you know, 74 more before they were going to get a yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. I think that's just such such an important message for students to never give up and and to believe in your path, right? Yes. Keep your goal in mind. Keep going. Yeah. And I think too, sharing stories like this helps for for new graduates to understand that it's not going to happen immediately, that that it is tough to get an HR job. It's not like other professions where there's an articling or an internship type of process built into the career. You have to try and get some relevant experience first. Mm-hmm. Yes, something that 
like I said, I had that administrative experience that I think yeah. probably helped a lot. So I think it's good to find a job that's relatively similar or has some skills that you acquire and that you can later use them in your HR job. It will definitely help. Absolutely. Yeah. Perfect. So going back to something you said there about that that first real interview, which it got you the job that you have today, you said that you spent hours preparing. Can you share a little bit about how you prepared for that interview? Uh, this is a, a this is something that I actually listened about in your uh, in season one of your podcast. I did something very very similar to what you were talking about, and that's uh, preparation and research. Uh, yeah. So I, I learned everything I could about the company. So I found their website. I found their profile on LinkedIn. Uh, I learned their their history, their values based on the job description that they shared for their posting, I was thinking about all possible questions that they can ask me based on that job description. I'm a very visual type, so I like to write things down. So I wrote down all the questions that I thought I might be asked. I prepared my answers and then I just practiced until I thought I was ready on a day of the interview. I braced myself, I um, (laughs) dressed up professionally and thought I need to be confident, positive and enthusiastic and show that I really, really wanted that job. Fabulous. That's awesome. Good for you. I I just think that's so amazing. And a, a question for you, did they ask you the questions you prepared? Any of them? I would say 50%. Uh, I guessed 50% of questions that they asked me. Good for you. Yeah, that's great. And, you know, it's one of those things that I feel like when you prepare, even if, even if you're preparing for interview questions and you're, you don't get them all, it gives you the stories that will help you answer related questions, or you may not exactly remember the answer that you prepared because you're nervous, but it gives you the confidence, you know, and, and getting those first couple of questions and feeling like you, you answered them well makes you relax and then that helps you remember things to answer the subsequent questions. Absolutely. I agree hundred percent. It definitely helps you feel more confident when you are prepared. Like you said, even if the questions are not exactly the same, if you have those stories, then I mean, I'm sure you can use those stories in a different context and still be successful. Yeah, exactly. Fabulous. Yeah, I'm all for being prepared for those things. And, you know, I have to say, working in HR for over 20 years and doing so many interviews, you can tell when people are prepared and when people are winging it. (laughs) And the winging it interviews do not go well. And hiring managers pick up on, on that as well, even if they're not you know, super trained in in conducting interviews or haven't done that many, they can they can tell when somebody's not prepared. Oh yes, for sure. Yeah, makes a difference. One other thing I wanted to ask you about with your current role, 
this is your first HR role, and it it sounds like you have a lot of responsibilities for uh, you know a number of employees. When you started that role, not having any direct HR experience, what was your biggest challenge in that role? Can you recall like if there were things that felt particularly challenging with kind of getting up to speed? Mm-hmm. I think just uh, learning everything from the scratch. I I uh. feel like when I went to university, uh, what I learned there, I don't know if it prepared me properly for the for what I was actually doing. So I feel like I had to learn a lot. But I think that is that is expected because I feel like HR especially is a is a job where you have to learn all the time. It never it never stops. I feel like I just had to learn a lot, but I did have a great support. I had someone who was training me. I was just writing a lot and a lot of notes. I still keep the notebook where I have notes from like two years ago. And it's funny looking uh, looking at it now because it seems so simple and it looks yeah. like something I would never have to write down. But when I started, uh, it, it was all very new. So I had to I had to learn how to do the job, but I also had to, because I was new, I had to meet the people and see how how were their processes, how how are what what are their procedures? How are people communicating? How are they meeting? How are people behaving? So it was a bit overwhelming, but it, it's, it's expected when it's your first job, and uh, even if it's not your first HR job, there's always so much to learn because every company is so different, and they they all have their own ways of uh, functioning and doing things. It's so true, and thank you for sharing that. It's one of those, again, it's not a profession that's completely black and white or the same in every organization, like you said. You know, I've been responsible for recruiting and job evaluation in, in multiple organizations over the course of my career. And even though the principles that you learn are similar, right, and the underlying kind of process is similar they all do it a little differently mm-hmm. you know and and there's the culture of the organization has an impact and and what type of hr department and and the the level of influence that hr department has in the organization has an impact on the type of work they do as well so yeah it, it's nothing you can take for granted uh, you know i think and maybe my accounting friends would disagree with me. They're probably not listening to this. <laughs> but I feel like when you when you go into an accounting firm and you're doing, you know, personal income tax or corporate income tax, the processes are fairly similar. It happens on an annual cycle. HR has none of that. No. <laughs> you know, like there's no typical any HR department for any no. HR and it's very yeah. contextual because it it really yes. depends it depends on a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. I I get people colleagues and and they'll ask me questions HR type questions and they'll say, "Well, what would you do in this situation or what would you recommend someone does in this situation?" And I say, "Well, it depends." <laughs> is my <laughs> 
standard answer because without the context of the people, the challenge, the organization, it's very difficult. And I don't know if you find this, but I certainly find that on the first brush of somebody asking you for advice on something and giving you information, you're maybe getting a quarter of the story in any given setting. (laughs) Yes, I think that's one of the skills that is necessary for an HR professional is knowing to knowing what questions to ask like you said it's just sometimes you need to dig deeper find out more before you can offer a solution absolutely yeah absolutely awesome okay great advice there let's shift gears a little bit and talk a little bit about mentoring because I know that's something that's very near and dear to your heart And I know that you recently co-founded a new mentoring program, which is so exciting and fantastic. Tell us about the program and what your inspiration was for starting it. MentorWit is an Edmonton-based nonprofit group. There, There are five of us. We are relatively new. We just started in October last year. We had our launch event in November with four guest speakers. The topic was importance of mentorship for career development. Uh, We want to create a safe space for women in technology to build relationships, explore mentorship through connection events. As someone who works in tech industry, I started to be curious about where women stand in this industry that is still male-dominated. I found this interesting report that was saying how, based on their recent research, uh, women in technology believe that there has been a lot of progress, but that there is still room for improvement and that there is still so much to do. This is the part that I found particularly interesting. It's that in order to get to the next level, it might need to be an inside job. So women Mm. and allies, helping women, mentoring women, and showing other women that a career in technology can be rewarding and satisfying. I agreed with that so much because... I don't want to live in a world where we see other women as our competition. Instead, I want us to be able to find opportunities to build up the reputation of our female colleagues and friends. Mm. So I connected with like-minded professionals in my network. It just started with a conversation. The conversation turned into an organized effort and now... We are planning our 2021 strategy and events to follow. That is so amazing. I I just love what you said about, you know, trying to reduce the amount of competition and, and lifting each other up, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's so important. And I don't I don't know what it is about women in business or women in certain industries that there there seems to be in some cases this draw to minimize other people's efforts and it's so counterproductive to to anything that people want to accomplish mm-hmm. well that's why i feel uh, that's why i felt like even though there's already so many groups out there i felt that adding one more is uh 
you know, just one more step towards making those conditions better for everyone and and keep trying and keep adding because I feel like the way things are, there's never too many groups that are supporting women. Absolutely. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. It, it's interesting you you say this today. I saw this quote on Instagram the other day and it was from it was something Bette Midler said and she said I wish we would or magazines would stop uh sharing the who wore it better photos and she said if you don't have it on backwards or your breasts aren't hanging out you wore it just fine <laughs> <laughs> oh, like why so funny. <laughs> why why create competition amongst women i mean they show two gorgeous women who both wear whatever it is perfectly and then pit them against each other. It's just so silly to do that, you know? And we don't do that with men. You, I've never seen an article like, which man wore this suit mm-hmm. better or mm-hmm. this hat or <laughs> these shorts. Like, we never do that to men, you know? So... I agree. The The more, the better. And opportunities to mentor are so incredible. And I think sometimes young professionals are hesitant to ask someone to be their mentor. And I think they don't realize that a lot of established professionals, they get a lot of personal satisfaction by sharing their own experiences and their journey with others. And would be very willing to do that if if somebody asked them, you know. Yes, I feel so, like it would be an honor for a lot of people to share to share their knowledge. And I feel like mentors can get a lot of value out of mentoring other people as well. One hundred percent. How did you start the mentoring program? The the organization. Is it a not-for-profit organization? How how did you set that all up? Just if somebody's interested in starting their own, we are not not non-profit. We are currently still working on developing a formal mentorship program. We are planning to have a connection event in February. Uh, we're still working on details, but uh, there's probably going to be a pilot, a small circle of mentors and then we're going to have have some people join that program but it's going to be very small since we're just beginning and we're just developing so based on how successful that program is then we will towards the second half of 2021 we will get more serious about a formal a bigger mentorship program okay that's awesome. Yeah. I I think starting small is, is a great idea, right? Mm-hmm. You you don't want to take on more than you can manage and I'm sure you, all five of you are are busy working professionals and uh, yes. <laughs> are doing this on your own time, right? So, yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Well, I'm really excited and I love seeing your posts uh, from MentorWit. It looks like you have some incredible people involved and I encourage anyone, well, I guess I should ask you first, who can join MentorWit? We welcome everyone who either works in technology or wants to support women that work in technology 
Uh, it doesn't matter what the job title is, as long as it's technology sector, because we felt that women are underrepresented in that yeah. sector. So you can work in HR or you can be a software developer. It doesn't matter. We will still welcome you. And is there any restriction on location? Since everything is virtual right now, we are opening it to everyone. We On our first launch event, we had two or three people that joined us from U.S. It was amazing. We didn't expect that. So right now it's open to everyone because you can join the these events from anywhere. And even uh, when we start with the mentorship program, I feel like it is still going to be virtual. Yeah. And I mean, even if you do end up having some face-to-face events, there's still opportunities, you know, down the road possibly for people to connect virtually. And I, I think we'll probably end up seeing many of these types of programs transition to more of a hybrid as opposed to going back fully face-to-face. Oh, yes. I think so, too. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, that's awesome. So if anyone is interested, we'll talk about how you can connect with Ivana at the end. So just one more kind of main question for you that I think is so important for our listeners, but what advice do you have for new HR grads who are looking for their first job opportunity? If you were sitting and having coffee with someone, what would you tell them to do? I think number one is uh, be open and say yes more often. Look for opportunities to volunteer, take courses, join different social and professional groups. Even though most of it has moved to virtual setting, those groups are still there. Um, Have a mentor or consider peer-to-peer mentoring. There are formal mentorship programs offered through HR associations, and by all means, take advantage of them. But if you're looking for an informal mentorship, then uh, reach out to someone you admire, but always think of a way, how can you add value? How can you assist them directly or indirectly before you ask them to share their knowledge? Uh, Build relationships with people who work in HR, but also with people who work in a different profession because that might give you access to some very new and different information. Not to sound like a broken record, but I still feel like I have to say this. And two most important elements of building relationships are generosity and genuine curiosity. There, This is something you cannot fake. It has to be authentic. If you decide you want to meet this person, then think about what you have in common or why you want to know them. Why are they so special? Is there anything you can do to support them or their business. Be curious about them. Show them that you're excited and grateful. Another thing, and you talked about this in the season one, is research and preparation. Be focused. Be active. Keep learning. Keep listening to Melanie's podcast. (laughs) (laughs) You're so sweet. (laughs) I... I just love, I wrote that down, Ivana, when you said generosity and genuine curiosity. That is so meaningful. And I think it's all about building relationships and relationships are not one-sided. No. 
even if somebody is in a place where you're not, it doesn't mean that you can't add value to them or contribute something to the relationship. So that that is such fantastic advice and and I've never thought about it that way. So thank you for sharing that. That's that's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Those are all the formal questions I have for you, but I I did give you a little heads up that we're going to try something a little bit different on season two of the HR Mentor. I have five sort of speed questions to ask you that I'm going to ask anyone that I interview on this season. If you're ready, I'm going to ask these and you just say the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay. Sounds great. Okay, awesome. So the first question, if you could work for any organization in the world, which one would it be and why? Oh, that is an interesting question. Um, I have to be honest, I would still work for my current company, Insight. That's awesome. Yeah. And uh, oh, you sorry, you asked why. I think the main reason is because I have um, an amazing support network where I can rely on other people. I I feel like you can never grow alone and by yourself. And no matter how confident you get over time, or you've always been a very confident person, I I think we still crave that recognition, teamwork, and feeling proud of our team's achievements and being able to rely on people you work with. So because I have all that, I would pick insight. Fabulous. That's so, that's so great. (laughs) Uh, What is your go-to stress release activity? Definitely reading, rewatching favorite movie, especially movies that are lighthearted or funny. And in terms of reading, I read both fiction and nonfiction. Usually I read two to three books at a time. And uh, one of them is always nonfiction. Uh, so yeah, yeah, if I want to relax, I will either read or watch something. Do you have a favorite movie you're willing to share? Well, those uh, funny and lighthearted movies that I mentioned uh, are Hangover Trilogy. Uh, okay. <laughs> just just go with it. It's with uh, Adam Sandler and uh, Jennifer Aniston yep. and uh, Beverly Hills Cop. Oh, that's fantastic. Oh, that was one of my favorites when I was a kid. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. I can can watch it on repeat. I call those my Sunday night movies because I could watch them over and over again. Mm. Brilliant. Okay, awesome. If you could go back to the day you graduated from university, college or high school, what advice would you give your younger self? I would have loved if your podcast happened back in 2018 when I graduated with my HR diploma because it would have been an amazing resource. I feel like when you just graduate, that is the time when you need some extra encouragement. And that's exactly what your podcast is about. I remember you saying in one of your early episodes how instead of thinking, oh, it's so tough finding a job in HR, it's better to think you know, finding a job in HR will probably take some time. That's exactly the advice I would give myself if I can go back in time to to be more positive, more optimistic, be my own cheerleader more often. Mm, that's so good. Yeah. I think we forget sometimes, right? That we have to 
a, a lot of success. It's an inside game, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And those messages we tell ourselves over and over again, those those limiting beliefs do have an impact. Mm-hmm. Yes. Fabulous. This should be an easy one. Coffee or tea? Oh, I like both. But if I had to pick just one, then it would be coffee. Definitely coffee. My my favorite is uh, Starbucks True North. It's a blonde roast. I drink it black with some sugar. I only drink uh, one cup of coffee per day and it's always after breakfast. So I'm really enjoying my little morning routine. Coffee all the way, as you already know. Awesome. Great. (laughs) I love coffee. I wish I could only drink one cup a day, but uh, I'm I'm trying to cut back. I'm trying to cut back. (laughs) We should Um, hope for a coffee date. (laughs) We should, yeah. We'll do it in the morning. You'll be on cup one. I'll be on cup three. (laughs) Okay. um, You've kind of already shared this, but which book or film has had the biggest impact on you as a person or a professional? I really like this question because books are a big part of my life and I love to talk about them. So when it comes to fiction, I'd like to mention The Count of Monte Cristo by Alexandre Dumas. It's a masterful, gripping story about an innocent man being imprisoned getting to a very dark place in his life, but then escaping, finding a fortune, getting a revenge on those who were responsible for his imprisonment. Uh, so okay. it's, not, it's not just a historical adventure revenge story. It's also a story about patience, perseverance, hope, and forgiveness. When it comes mm. to nonfiction, I very much enjoyed uh, Never Eat Alone by... Keith Ferrazzi. I can't say that it didn't have some weak points, but majority of it was very relatable and helpful. It's about relationship building, creating an authentic networking strategy and adding value to your network. I would recommend it to everyone, especially to new graduates and emerging professionals. That's fantastic. I've never read either of those. Of course, I've heard of The Count of Monte Cristo, but I've never read it. So I'm going to have to add that to my list. Thank you. Be prepared. It's a a huge book. It's over a thousand pages. (laughs) So I have to get through my uh, library reserve pile that I have on my (laughs) right now. I'm (laughs) trying to get through. Um, No, that's fantastic, though. I, I like books like that, that that make you think can even, you know, fiction books can have some really powerful messages in them. And yeah, that's fantastic. And I'll post links to both of those in the show notes so that if anyone listening wants to check them out, then you can find them there. And yeah, thank you for those suggestions. That's fantastic. My pleasure. Before we wrap up, can you tell our listeners how they can connect with you if they want to learn more about you, about MentorWit or the work that you do? Yes, I think the the best way would probably be LinkedIn. I am very active there and I love to connect with uh with people. So if anyone is interested to chat with me, they can just uh, send me a message. And we'll put the link to your LinkedIn bio in the show notes as well. Wonderful. 
Ivana, thank you so much for spending time with me today. This was just such a treat. And I just love that we met through LinkedIn, that you reached out, that we developed this relationship. And this all happened in less than a year. We came to this place and and here you are on the podcast sharing your experience. I, I just think it's such a wonderful gift and I'm really grateful uh, that you made the connection and also for your time today. And, and I'm so grateful and so honored and so flattered to be on your podcast as a guest. Uh, I had a wonderful time chatting. I thank you Thank you so much for having me. Wonderful. Thank you. What a great conversation. Isn't she just delightful? I really hope you enjoyed my conversation with Ivana. Please check out the show notes for this episode. You can find them at www.unicorngroup.ca forward slash episode 22. There you'll find a summary of our conversation as well as links to the books that Ivana mentioned and how to connect with her through LinkedIn. As always, if you love this podcast or this episode, I'd love to hear from you. You can send me a direct message or rate this podcast and leave a comment on Apple Podcasts or Podbean. As always, thank you so much for listening. Bye for now.